Welcome, everybody, to our very first episode of For All Hair Types. My name is Mahogany Plouts. I am joined by my dear friend, Marcy Miguel Richards, who the two of us are going to be having lots of good conversations over the course of this podcast about, I don't know, Mars, like, what what do you think? Like, um, just hair for all hair types. Obviously, we're going to be speaking about all different ways that hair shows up in the world, how it informs identity, but also just like how, um, how personal stories have, like, personal experiences have really given us such a, a a gift of seeing what people experience because of their hair types. Um, but yeah. Right. It's not just hair, right? Hair is, is something that, you know, it's the accessory we never take off and it does signal so much about us where we're at in our life, Yeah, where we might be going, you know, it's kind of that history that, you know, it's been with us for, you know, for a long time and that evolution of, I think, um, how that really shows up in the world and how people, see your hair is really, a, you know, it's a big part of your image and your identity. So I'm, I'm happy to start talking about all the things. All the things, all the things. Absolutely. Um, I'm so excited to uh, get this first podcast episode going because I just kind of want to tell you a little bit about myself um, and like how much Marcy means to me and like how Marcy and I met. Um, it was a beautiful day in Southern California. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And we were working through a, a, a training on how to better work with different tools. And as an educator and as a marketer, like it was really great to be able to sit down with this like brilliant human being and just like give feedback uh, as a hairdresser, like what that was. So that's like kind of how we started. But then over the course of this last like year, um, wow, Marcy, I mean, we've been through a lot in this last year. <laughs> Just working together, understanding like um, just some of the the key things as educators and as as marketers, like in the beauty industry, just what we can do. But that also then spiraled into this like great friendship when like, I'm so grateful for you, Marcy. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for you. You were, you know, um, first time in my life making a real friend from distance, like on a digital platform. That's Dude, big. Same. Dude, that's same. big for me as a ger- geriatric millennial. That's an accomplishment <laughs> that I'd like to be very proud of right there. But no, you, uh, I think we really connected just, we have the same, I think the same brain, um, from different experiences, you know, I'm not a hairdresser. So for the audience, um, been around hair my whole life, my mom's first career was a hairdresser. So I grew up with perm rods in the 80s and have a great uncle who still does hair for opera singers in that theatrical world and I've been a beauty marketer for 16 years okay, um, I didn't know about your uncle who was an opera singing hair like or opera singer hairdresser what he is a oh, fabulous cool. man he's like in his late 80s you know goes to the gym every day and you know, he's all these, uh, he's in Miami doing a lot of, you know, these um, very fabulous, you know, uh, Latin American singers. And I got to pull up some pictures and send you some because yes. he's still, he has not retired. He constantly will call me and say, Hey, I need to do this and do that. Um, and also is very vocal about all of our hair as we <laughs> grow up. So we're used to taking <laughs> as a family, lots of critiques on what we, what choices we've made with our hair. So <laughs> does not hold back. Dude, I feel you. My mom's best friend was a hairdresser. So like growing up, like if my hair was not right, Denise was like, what is happening? What are you doing right now? This is not cute. Like I'm not 
about this at all. Um, but, <clears throat> but then, you know, like I would convince her to do things like when, uh, so my very first record that I ever purchased was Assault with a Deadly Peppa. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so obviously we all know Salt and Peppa had the iconic, like short on one side, shaved on one side, you know, like little cute Bob on the other. And so I convinced Denise one day to give me that haircut. I was in sixth grade and I was like, Denise, you got to give me this haircut. And she's like, your mom's going to kill me. I was like, no, no, no. She already said yes. No, she didn't. No, she didn't girl. She did not say yes. And what I didn't know, and this is like been a theme for my mom and I, because we didn't have great communication at some points in our lives. Um, what she did not tell me is that we were having family photos. So I show Ooh. up with like buzzed on the side, cute on the right. So there's actually a photo and I'll send this one to you. There's actually a photo of us from like an Olin Mills photo, you know, like one of those yes. types of photos, but I'm like this. So you can't see this side of my head. So it just looks like. This <laughs> was like your mom's going to kill me. I was like, yeah, probably, but that's all right. We're going to be just fine. Um, but that actually kind of brings up the point And like the reason that we want to have these con- conversations in, in and around like identity and hair and the expectations that have been put on, you know, a, a, in large part women and, you know, women of the global majority. Yes. Um, yes. But like, I think truly there's been so many different ways that like identity is shaped and formed by your hair texture, how you choose to wear your hair, whether you add hair to your hair. Like there's so many like mystical things that I think we can break down. We can do some Mythbusters episodes. We can do some like storytelling episodes. I think what I really love is that, you know, because like Marcy said, we have these different perspectives, um, but really very like-minded thought process. Mm -hmm. There's so many wonderful like little journeys we can take um so that's what I'm excited about for for this season of podcasting yes I think it's all the learning and unlearning I think that's something that at least this past year for a lot of us and hopefully for everyone in this country you know we've had a lot of you know they don't have to be serious but some serious conversations around you know the way we express ourselves and how we show up and, you know, um, more awareness around, you know, all hair types, right? Like they're all different and there's different, um, you know, needs and, and different ways that uh, we could support each other, you know, through hair, the industry that we both share this huge passion for. And I think ultimately, you know, making it um, a more inclusive, um, you know, more uh, growing an awareness, I think in the community that there's still a lot more, uh, work to be done. And I think sharing those personal stories and once you really, you know, hear these real specific um, anecdotes from yeah. maybe some of our guests we're going to have on, I think it really shows you just how, you know, how broad um, and how emotionally connected I think we all are to, you know, the stuff that grows out of our head or the adornments and the way we like to, you know, show up and embellish. And, you know, I think that's the beauty of it. I think that's, um, that is the beauty industry, right? Like it's yes. experimentation, it is self-expression, it is all the things that, you know, um, make the industry as rich and creative. That's what's kept me so long. I mean, you know, you go to school, you're like, yeah, I would do marketing. Well, do you want to sell medical appliances and make that right. really cool? Cause that <laughs> would make me fall asleep. So right. here I am. Um, this wonderful industry has kept me, you know, so inspired just being around hairdressers like yourself and all these creatives. It's, it's pretty amazing. You get to create art every day um, with 
if, you know, any guest, anyone that really, anyone on the planet can really find themselves in your chair and feeling beautiful. And I think that's really special about what we do, what, whether you're behind the chair or another element of the hair industry, um, helping people feel beautiful, confident, and, you know, express themselves is, is where it's at. I love two. I mean, I love everything that you just said, but like two things that I really love is like, first of all, the word embellishments, like hallelujah, whether that's highlights, whether that's bangs, whether that's like extensions. Like I love the idea of like, just accepting that embellishments are like a part of how people wear their hair. And maybe because it's not something that you grew up with doesn't necessarily mean that like, that's not something that some other folks grew up with. Like, like for example, braiding, right? Like there's been so much braiding and so much history of braiding within the black community as like a regular thing that you do with your hair, whether it's a protective style or it's of its own style. Um, and I think that that piece really is, is, is such a, a wonderful way to like pay homage to who you come from, to where you where where your ancestors like used to showcase like for example cornrows right like cornrows were one of those things that um started as a way to just like put your hair down right like that's just like a way to keep your hair clean keep your hair you know like uh, protected but then like through the artistry right you see these like way different opportunities that people would like it would show your station in life like it would show if you were ready to be married it would show who's you know whose tribe you were a part of like and then when you know black people get to america and they start creating those same things out of like the devastating experiences that they have like they find this their innovation with tools their innovation with products and then even just like for example putting, you know, rice and grain, other grains in and braiding that into the hair. So like, as people are traveling, they're not going hungry as, or as people are getting to spaces, they can start to plant those seeds in order to like, create that like self-sufficient movement. So like, it starts wow. in this beauty, right in these hairstyles, but there's all these rich histories behind them that really like showcase why they are so important to different cultures. And so embellishments, mwah, I love that. But the other thing that you said that I thought was really great was like helping people feel beautiful. Um, because I think that that just, when I think about beauty, I have like some, I have a pretty wide range of what I see as beautiful, right? Mm -hmm. Like my, like I see beauty in a lot of different yeah people and things, but also I think as an, in, as an industry, but certainly we are a reflection of our society. Like it's so wonderful, Marcy, right? Like to see the, the, the standard of beauty, just like opening up to be a lot more inclusive to like different shapes, different sizes, different colors, different textures, different, like, like really finding beauty instead Absolutely. of like trying to create a narrow view of beauty. Yeah. Beauty. I think my definition personally, it's a feeling, you know, it's not yeah. some, somebody's mood board, somebody's, you know, Oh, just like you said, like, it's not, you know, hair worn by someone of a certain body type stature, you know, skin color, it's a feeling. And I think, you know, we're probably focused a lot on women, but for us women, you know, we, we don't really, sometimes we're not as aware maybe of, the, of those subconscious beauty standards and the things that, you know, over the years growing up media or, you know, different influences, it could be, you know, family, it could be cultural. 
Um, you know, that we're just indoctrinated in some ways to just believe there are these narrow lanes of what that expression, what that creativity looks like. But to your point, I have so much faith in Gen Z. That's the generation that I think is going to save the world personally. And they Agreed. are, <laughs> Agreed. Like you said, they are not here for these narrow, um, you know, beauty standards or ideals. So, you know, feeling beautiful is a feeling. And I think when you see it authentically come through, you know, when someone's feeling beautiful, I mean, there's no denying it. It's authentic and it, it isn't someone else's, you know, uh, depiction of it. It comes, it's a personal choice. So to me, that's, that's really, I think what's beautiful about where the industry is going is um, really having the customer and that individual at the core of defining their own beauty and not someone else assigning it to them, which is kind of been maybe, you know, where history has <laughs> kind of taken us in some directions, but, you know, I think we're in a place where things are definitely, like you said, the inclusivity is it's just, it's beautiful to see. Absolutely. And I think like when you think of inclusive, I think a lot of times people will go like specifically to race, um, mm -hmm. but it does like encompass gender. It does encompass like size, socioeconomic, like there's just so much to identity. And when I think of um, like, okay, so I'm mixed race. Like my mom is Scandinavian and my dad was black and East Indian and indigenous. And so like I come from a lot of different cultures where a lot of different things show up. Yeah. But, but what I thought was kind of interesting was like, everybody be Braden, like everybody mm. be Braden. <laughs> like my Scandinavian folks, they be Braden. <laughs> like my black folks, they be Braden. Everybody, everybody be Braden. So that makes me giggle that I'm not really that great a Brader. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but what I think like, so being mixed race, for example, and then also having mixed race children, um, I see how that beauty standard and how like each of the definitions of like what beauty is has opened up in these different ways because of like the like, you know, <laughs> I think somebody called it the browning of America once, which made me yeah. get it's like, what is it by 2035? Like brown people yes. will be, brown will be majority the population. Right. I mean, we are already people of the global majority, but like it's about to be that way in the United States too, which as hairdressers, as a beauty industry, as like society and, and what we focus on, these things are super important to think about how we define these things. And like, for me, my identity was always called to question as far as like, this is like old school. Cause I was born in the seventies, my friends, like, so we don't have the same kinds of conversations. And I think like what you said, Marcy, about Generation Z being our, our like safety, like being the thing that's going to pull us back from the edge of like the clear apocalypse. We are like looking <laughs> straight down. Like I really do see just like that identity piece, like being something that is more crafted individually instead of like put upon you. Um, so for example, like, you know, uh, we had this Scandinavian or we had this like heritage day when I was in like ninth grade or something. Oh, I remember these. Oh yes. yeah. Right. <laughs> so you would like, you would like take whatever your heritage was and you would bring something, you know, special from your family. So I rolled in with a Swedish flag and sweet and like a crock pot full of Swedish meatballs. And yes. I promise you, everyone was like, the fuck, what? <laughs> 
what is happening? What is this? And I was like, you guys, like my mom, look at her. Like, she, no, I'm not adopted. Like I'm actually Scandinavian. Like this is what's up. But nobody ever really believed me because I didn't have <clears throat> quote unquote mixed girl hair. Right. So my oh, hair wow. is really fine and really coily. And no matter how light or dark I was, it was the texture of my hair that people really defined my identity. They were like, no, you're black. Your hair is too kinky. You don't have mixed girl hair. You've got black girl hair. And I was like, but then my black girlfriends would put their hands in my hair and be like, why are your hair so soft? I'm like, cause I'm, I'm like, my mom's white, <laughs> dude. That's why. So like, it's super interesting how, you know, even in, even in this moment, like people will definitely like judge your ethnicity based on the hair texture that comes out of your head. And I watched this TikTok video this morning that like made me laugh. And then it got cut off and the person gave like a reaction, like another person gave a reaction to it. And I felt like, Ooh, I should have been, I shouldn't have laughed at that because it was a very light skinned girl, super freckly, definitely some African features. And like, you know, you know, when you know somebody black, you know, Mm -hmm. and we recognize, we know, we know who you are, even when you're super light skinned. Mm -hmm. Yes. The diaspora. Thank you. That's a much better word. Um, But like, she's like, nobody knows I'm black. And then she pulls her hood off and she's got beautiful, you know, wild curly hair. And she's like, till they see my nappy hair. And I was like, what? That's so funny. And then the girl was like, pause. Uh -uh. We don't say nappy. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Mm. Not like that. That's not everybody. And, and it's so sad that you think this about yourself, like that nobody knows you're black because you can see your features. And like, I think of my youngest son who is blonde haired, green eyed, white chocolate gorgeousness, but his hair is super curly mm-hmm. and his features are mine. Even though he looks like he's a white kid, every black friend I have, every brown friend I have is like, no, no. He doesn't look black. Or he doesn't look white to me. He looks like a black kid. What? It's so crazy. It's so it's crazy. crazy. So I feel like I've definitely witnessed these conversations where people, you know, I don't know. I guess everyone has got a mental scale of what these check boxes are to be, you know, you're not black enough or you're in, or on the other end, you know, those cringy moments. I, I've witnessed people say, well, you know, I'm, you know, black on the inside or, you know, I, to me, the, these are some of the conversations that maybe we'll have over the course of all of our dialogue is, you know, just every, it's about everyone's reference point, right? Everyone's got maybe some interesting, you know, how they come up with these individual standards, right? And then yeah. how open people will just like, you know, share these things with you, like you said, and say, well, like, I don't classify you as this. I classify you as that. And it's like, really, we're still classifying people? Like, what I mean, what is the purpose? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and that it comes from your hair texture and their perceived right. idea of what your hair texture is says to you who you are. I mean, there are like kinky haired people in every ethnicity friends that just does not belong Mm -hmm. to only black people like let's talk about our irish friends some of them some of them girls got some kinky hair like that's so brought in our awareness right because like you said i think for people you know even you think about media at least living you know i've only i've been in la seven and a half years and um my husband does some on-screen work and sometimes he'll show me what some of the casting specs and the things that people have to put in writing in order to find certain talent and it's really interesting how you can you could start to see how you know perhaps media you know can really inform maybe a large part of the population that 
doesn't have proximity or access to people of different, you know, ethnicities or backgrounds. So mm-hmm. some of these figures, you know, have been chosen by um, certain communities to represent a whole community end up being kind of just the one representation. Right. And oh I live God. for all those memes that kind of take a quadrant, you know, I'm Cuban American and there's a, um, a meme that I saw years ago and it's, you know, four squares and it's like, what does a Cuban look like? And it's got Christina Milian, Cameron Diaz, um, you know, like basically the whole diaspora of skin tones, but, you know, growing up, I, you know, even in South Florida and Miami, where there's a ton of, you know, Latin American people, I would get, well, you don't look Cuban and you look this. It's like, well, what are you basing that off of? You know, it's just the most right. bizarre qualifier you know, for someone else. <laughs> totally. That makes you know? no sense. And like, and that you on a similar vein, my older child, Oliver, you know, a little bit darker skin tone, wavy, brown, gorgeous hair um, and and dark eyes. I mean, both my children are gorgeous. I know I'm biased, but like still, they're pretty cute. They're so, gorgeous. They are. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that cosign. Thank you. Um, but it is interesting to me how many times people will like automatically just be like, so what is he mixed with? And mm-hmm. I'll be like, me, like <laughs> me. Or my husband, who is white, he's German and Danish, he took the kids to uh, the playground when they were very little, and someone asked him, uh, where did they adopt Oliver from? Was he from Cuba? Was he from, because he, everyone tells me he looks Cuban. And I was like, how can you tell me he looks Cuban when Cubans look so different from each other all the dang time? Like, again... It's the, is it the skin? Is it the hair? Like what of the, what's the what, signal? Yeah. What's the signal? So I think, I mean, we, I'm excited to dive into that with you and like, we could even get like real serious about like finding features that like come from ancient, you know, ancient, ancient Cubans and ancient Africans. I don't know if that's even <laughs> a thing, but do you know what I'm saying? Like we can go way back and find like different examples of like different features that show up in those, in those folks and how they show up in people today. Um, And how, but like how that should be celebrated. And also I really want to talk about like how we socially like interact with people and how do we ask those questions? Cause Mm -hmm. I'll be honest with you. When my husband was asked that question, he was like, so where did you get your son from? He was like my wife's vagina. And I was like, (laughs) you know, like, so like there is a way to have that kind of conversation but also like recognize like this is a question I've been asking myself a lot lately like is this my business right is this my business like can I google this or should I ask this person this question like is it necessary yeah is it kind a lot lot to unpack there I think there's a whole lot of you know maybe it's like an etiquette or I don't know what the proper answers are but like you said, there's a lot of information maybe that, you know, all of us, we can all seek on our own and, you know, make that initiative and effort to, you know, broaden our awareness and, you know, be respectful of, of people's um, space and energy and not just, you know, you know, I'm going to bring it up, but that uh, all the viral videos of someone just reaching in, can I touch your hair? And, Ooh. you know, like uh, there's so many faux pas, so many cringy moments that, you know, I think there's better ways, right? And I think that's you know, could be some some great conversations around how do how do we you know just um, you know be better humans to each other and and respect our identities and not you know um, yeah. use it as kind of a I'm curious and I need you to teach me and can I 
you know, can I touch your hair? I think that's, that's a big one that just comes up over and over again, because um, it's, it's uncomfortable, right? I mean, yeah. is, there any, is there any specific experience that you've had that was really just, you know, um, you know, similar to, you know, like people just asking you those bizarre, like, I'd love to hear, you know, any of those that really Absolutely. stand out. Well, I think, honestly, babe, I feel like that right there is like a whole episode. Whole but I will give you, I will give you, I will give you an example. So um, one of my, like for 16 years, I had like locks that were my own. Not that there's anything wrong with the locks that I got right now. Cause they are mine. I put them in, I purchased them. They're mine. Um, but like where people would just randomly not even ask, wow. just like come up and be like, wow, your hair is so gorgeous. Or it would be like touching as they were asking if they could do that. And um, I think the one time that it was the most challenging was with with um, one of my like peripheral family members, like like my sister-in-law's mother-in-law, like it was like, a, like it was that distant. And granted, we only saw each other every, you know, a couple of times a year and not a mean person by any stretch of the imagination, but just like, kind of like ignorant to the fact that like my personal space is my personal space. Um, and she just came to me and was like, mahogany, your hair is so gorgeous, like hands in. Oh, and I was hands. like, right. And I was like, oh, first of all, First of all, we don't touch hair like that. Like we don't go in whole ham, like with our our whole hand and try to touch somebody's hair. Now, granted, I'm a hairdresser, so I, I, I have feelings about this. But at the same time, it was just one of those moments where I said, you know what, Charlotte, I'd really, I'd really like you to not touch my hair. And she was like, oh, I don't understand. And I was like, one, I don't know where your hands have been. <laughs> like, that's one. Two. Um, and I have a funny story about that one. Um, and two, um, this is my personal space. Like, I don't just come up and touch your hair. I don't come up and touch your body. I don't come up and touch your, I don't invade your space. And so we ended up having a great conversation about it, but it was a tough, it was like that moment of like, do I say something or do I just go, oh, thank you. And like, just feel awkward about it. Cause that, that has been like 90% of my life. Like it is only recently that I have started being a little bit more forthright about that, those types of things. And Charlotte was really a great help for me in that way. Um, but the funny one is like my bestie, she worked in New Orleans for a long, long time. Um, and she worked at this fried chicken joint. Um, and she has huge locks and multiple colors, extensions, the whole thing. But, and, and just looks like a doll. Like she's like a beautiful fairy princess doll. And this woman, like no joke, was at her table and she was serving them drinks and she literally mm -hmm. was like, like, oh. you know, like licking her fingers because she wanted to touch my girl's <sighs> hair. No. And literally my girl was like, slap, nope. And I was like, oh, you slapped her hand? She was like, I did, I did, I slapped her hand. Because ew, first of all, chicken grease does not belong in my hair. No. Second of all, your okay. dirty nasty spit does not belong in my hair. Needless to say, the customer was really upset that she got slapped. But then what I loved is that my friend was like, listen, I understand that you've got curiosity and I'm not mad at you for that, but there's a way to go about this. Right. And not everybody owes you an explanation. And so it all got smoothed out and all, and, and all that. But like, I think that that's one of the things is like, people don't owe you an explanation of who they are. 
Like, yes. So that question, so the idea of like, what's my business? Like, is it my business to tell you who I am? If you want to tell me that you think I have beautiful hair, you can do that as we're walking by. I've had plenty of people do that. I've done that myself. Like, girl, you're looking good today. Love your hair. Boom. Done. I'm not cat calling. I'm just telling you. And I'm not expecting. I'm just telling you, you look great. Um, But I think that where we put the responsibility on specifically like black and brown folks is by like asking those questions when we have a computer in our hand, you can just be like, I would like to know more about locks. Boom. It's like this, this burden of like education. Like there's this like unspoken rule that it's on, you know, certain people to do the educating and let me show you, let me talk to you. And like you said, like we all have access to a lot of information, you know, let's seek it, get on your own. And, and I think that is a better way to go about it. And then you can have more rich engaging conversations, you know, with people versus, you know, Hey, can you teach me? Can I touch your hair? It's, it's, you know, it's, it's time to evolve from that, that unfortunate interaction that, you know, by and large, you know, we see on social media, we see the viral videos, it's a thing. And it's, you know, there's better ways. I think that's bringing awareness to that is, is super important. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, and I'll be honest, I'm much cooler about it when it's me because the one time that I saw a woman put her hands towards my child's hair, I like literally started to put my foot into her back just to shove her out of the way. But then like literally I was, I, I, what I said was, please don't do that. And she was like, oh, oh. And I was like, also, why would you touch somebody's child? Like, again, what yeah. is the, what, where, where is people's heads and the curiosity? But, um, I think what I'm excited about too with this podcast is like, we can do some of that work for you, right? Like we can make that decision. Marcy and I can do some of that work for you and share our experiences and share our perspective um, throughout this podcast to like, hopefully in, you know, like help y'all learn some lessons and hopefully help y'all, some of y'all like recognize yourself in these situations as like, oh yeah, so you're right. It's not okay for somebody to just touch my hair. Huh? Weird. Mm -hmm. Like, and maybe we can even give some like, you know, (laughs) we can give some like quick one-liners, you know, for, for what to say. If somebody's like, can I touch your hair? You can be like, no, I prefer you didn't. Or, you know, like, just, just know that we're here for you for those types of things. Cause I think that like, um, what I feel like our goal has been and what I've seen um, just kind of flourish in our friendship is that it is important for, you know, non-Black and Brown folks to understand these things, but it's also really important for like Black and Brown folks to understand that they have agency, that we have agency in how we show up and we have voices. And that Generation Z that you were talking about, like they have really shown me as like, not a geriatric millennial, but a very young generation Xer. (laughs) Somebody called me a baby boomer the other day. First of all, my mom, I'm not a baby boomer. I was born in 1977, not 67. Like, no, no. Mm-mm. But um, these generations, they are telling us that we can identify differently. We can, and, and the, our identities can be wider and more vibrant. They can, they, they, they're teaching us that it's good to question, that it's good, but it's good self-reflection. It's good self-study. It's good, you know, um, it's good to know who you are and not let other people define who you are. Because if somebody else is writing your story, you have no agency in how you write your story. And I think that that is something I didn't know as someone who was like 
taught to assimilate to, you know, Mm -hmm. like American culture. And I know that that's something we are definitely going to get into. Absolutely. You know, um, it's so wonderful to hear that where we're moving in this direction of like, you know, I'm just like showing up how we show up. Am I a nerdy black girl? Yes, y'all. I was literally listening to They Might Be Giants earlier today as we went to go feed the chickens of our neighbors. (laughs) Yes. So like, I get to be a nerdy black girl and it doesn't make me any less black and it doesn't, you know, have any reflection on, on my identity other than like, it makes me a whole person. And, it, and, and I think that what we're going to be doing over the next, I don't know how many seasons, whatever Absolutely. we decide. I'm celebrating really to have these conversations with you, Marcy. I really mm-hmm. am. Me too. It's all about celebrating individuality, authenticity. And like you said, it's really sharing personal stories and things that we can do to really guide and and learn and unlearn. I think that's a really important one because I feel like there's been a lot of unlearning, you know, and with time, you know, nothing stays, you know, stagnant. Um, So we have to evolve as people in the way and language. I think a big one that we've talked about a lot in our friendship is, you know, language matters, words matter, the way you interact with people really carries a lot of weight and and word choice, right? We're both in the hair industry and, you know, words, there may be some carryover words or language that have been used to define, you know, um, certain beauty standards or hair types or, or looks that, you know, there's a why behind some of these stories that haven't been told. And people, you know, I know you and I've talked about certain hair st- styles, for example, I know you've got a training today and you guys are focusing on braids, you know, that is just one topic alone. They're not yes. just a hairstyle. There's so much deep why and history that I think a lot of people could benefit from understanding where it comes from, because I think that's one thing, um, you know, I'm also a nerd. Um, you know, I was always a nerdy girl growing up. I played golf and hid that from everyone because that's yeah. not cool. Oh, um, no. Mm-mm. No, not at all. Neither um, are comic books. Comic books know? are cool either. You know, but there's a lot of things, things that we can, you know, talk about through, you know, our upbringings and, you know, sharing new perspectives that gives give us those whys that maybe we didn't capture in school. Like we all know we were told those fairy tale Disney versions of history, you know, and to some people, you know, I frustrates me a little bit, but I understand when people say, well, you know, I'm not into history. Like I didn't really, I don't really care what happened or that. How does that relate? What does that matter to me today? But we got here, you know, as a country, mm-hmm. as people, we didn't just, you know, this just didn't, you know, pop off, you know, last right. year, George right. Floyd, like right. this is not, you know, there's a lot there. And so I think the beauty of, of our connection has been really tying in, you know, a little bit of that why, a little bit of that history, but then why does it matter? And why, why is that so yeah. important for us to move forward and have that understanding of how we got here and how we can move forward? Totally. Girl, you said it. You said it. I am like, whoo. I just got super jazzed all over again, like even from our first conversation about this and like bringing like bringing this being our very first time together, like bringing this all together and like with Taylor and like everything. I'm just really excited to see how much we can like affect some change and like bring some like build some community and and just like give people a safe space to ask questions and be a part of. Um, that so you guys if you have questions please feel free to drop them in the comments um uh I don't know if that's how you do that but <laughs> just mean go out there you know whatever <laughs> um but like yeah send us send us questions if there's topics that you'd like us to cover that are in and around these types of you know identity informing or like your hair informing your identity and just like identity in general right um 
I think that would be so great. Um, and I'm definitely looking forward to having more conversations with you because I mean, this is just really an excellent excuse to get on the, on the phone with you, like a couple times a week. <laughs> Absolutely. And I always walk away with such amazing perspective, you know, things that, you know, really help us out. And I think as people, you know, the world is changing, ever changing. And, you know, we're blending as people and the more we understand that human experience and individual stories and journeys, I think it helps, you know, um, debunk some of those, you know, stereotypes or things that maybe media is feeding us about, you know, differences. And to me, it's there, there aren't a ton of differences in who we are as people. There's just unique stories. So we just need to, you know, share those on a human level, um, you know, just, just bring, you know, I think more hope, I think, to how we're moving as people and then how we could affect the beauty industry and make more folks, you know, feel beautiful as their authentic selves. Mm. Drop the mic, Marcy, drop the (laughs) mic. That was it. That was it. All right. Cool. I love that. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to For All Hair Types. We hope you enjoyed this episode and be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to support the show, please consider leaving us a rating and review or even sending it to a friend. Follow us on Instagram at For All Hair Types Pod. Do you have a hair story you'd like to share? Send it on over to For All Hair Types Podcast at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram. You can even leave us a voicemail at ForAllHairTypes.com. See you next time. For All Hair Types is created by Mahogany Plouts and Marcy Miguel Richards, produced by Taylor Lane.